A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Rise and shine, fantasy players. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thursday, December 20th. Let's cock a doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the morning, right here in the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man. FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the King, Scott Angle. Scott, do you want to rock and roll every night and party every day? Well, all the time, of course. How you feeling? It's Thursday. Come on. There's no, I know there's no Thursday night football game tonight, but don't be silenced, man. You got to be excited. This is, this is championship week. No, I'm, I'm excited. This is the week okay. that everybody, want, everybody <laughs> wants to play in. It's the uh, it's really the most important week on the fantasy sports calendar. Uh, if you're playing this week, you know you have to be excited. Absolutely, you know someone. Unfortunately, though, Scott, who is not excited about Week 16, and that is Cam Newton. We have been talking about it for a while, you know, Scott. And it's interesting because towards the middle of the season, I was praising Cam a lot because of the completion percentage and what North Turner was doing with him, but it was. Bit- obvious over the last few weeks that something is not right with Cam Newton. That shoulder, he's got a bum shoulder, and anybody who saw it on primetime national TV on Monday night saw that Cam, something was off, right? He was, there were ducks coming out. Um, Booger McFarlane made the point he throws so much with his upper body, and he just couldn't push the ball downfield. And, you know, we've been talking, Scott, about how, you know, Christian McCaffrey is this entire offense. I have to believe part of it is that uh, Cam really couldn't get the ball downfield as much as even if he wanted to. And so the Carolina Panthers have made the decision that they are going to shut Cam down for the rest of the season because they have like, you know, less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs. And so it will be Old Dominion alum Tyler Heineke 
that will be uh, under center for the Carolina Panthers today. Talk to me, Scott, about you know whatever we know about this kid from the preseason or what have you, and what does this do for the rest of the Panthers' skill position players? We really don't know anything about him, uh, and you know it certainly hurts the outlook of of everybody there. Maybe even Christian McCaffrey too, because he really hasn't played a lot with with this kid at all, and. You know, now the defense is going to focus even more on Christian McCaffrey. But, yeah. you know, it, it's still a good matchup. You're not going to bench Christian McCaffrey. But, you know, now you don't worry about the read option as much with uh, as, a, as a defense with Cam. You know, I think that's an issue. Yeah, so let me ask you this, you know, because a lot of times we talk about, let's say the Tyler Boyd. Uh, example, right? He moved from being like the wide out two to the wide out one. And on the one side, people were like, oh, wow, that's now maybe more targets, more opportunity. But the point we always make, Scott, is right. But now they're also going to get increased defensive attention. I mean, we've known for weeks that Christian McCaffrey is this offense. Like, how much more defensive attention could he really get? Are they, you know, are they going to bring in a 12th man to spy on him? Like, how much more defensive attention can Christian McCaffrey actually receive? Well, I think they can change the way they strategically, like I was just saying about how they attack him. Now they worry a lot less about the read option and key in a lot more on the running back. I see. Okay. Have you ever seen You have um, to you have to play you have to play QB container, QB spy right. and you know be aware of the read option when you're playing against Cam Newton. You know, now right. it's now it becomes different for the defense. Okay. Um Scott, can you remember in your history any time where like a running back may actually get like double teamed out of the backfield? Uh running back double teamed out of the backfield. Uh, yeah, usually they'll, you know, they might assign like a linebacker to spy on him or something like that, or they'll do what they call, they key on him, which right. is, you know, stack front, et cetera. But, you know, it's, it's different because, you know, the guy is so much of a th- receiving threat, you know, that, you know, it's, it's maybe they give some safe, strong safety help on him. There's right. a variety of ways you could think and attack it, I think. Okay. Does this, uh, does this change your outlook at all? Because, you know, one could, I guess, make the argument that part of the reason some of these other wide receivers for the Panthers were not as productive recently was because of, you know, Cam's arm. So do you think maybe there's even a potential for a guy like DJ Moore or Funchess, um, you know, to to benefit from this change? Uh, I think there's a potential because he's got a better arm, but... It's not like you can start these guys with any confidence now in fantasy because, you know, this is a complete unknown. You, 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 can't, you can't use Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore this week. It's way too risky. I guess DJ Moore is the guy I was going to ask about, right? Like DJ Moore has been, you know, has been used, you know, in the last few weeks. He's been on that kind of fringe. And I'll tell you what, right now, Brandon Murchison, who we're going to dive into his ranks a little bit later on, you know, these may have come out before the news yesterday, but he has DJ Moore as wide receiver 29 and Curtis Samuel as wide receiver 33. So both of them in wide receiver three territory. Now I acknowledge, and I'm looking, this, it came out, uh, this article came out yesterday but at around noon so i guess before the official news on cam newton which i think dropped more like in the afternoon yeah he'll be updating it though yeah he will so he'll be updating it i guess the question is right like i just said more at 29 samuel at 33 so like a guy like dj Moore from 29 do you think the quarterback switch bumps him i don't know like you know uh, 10 spots because that's how much he would have to get to be kind of outside flex consideration yeah, I'm finishing up my ranks for today, and they're like 40 and 41. They're, 
there's no way you can use him with any confidence. I'm not saying that they can't have a good game, but you just don't know how this quarterback is going to play. You know, for all we know, he could throw two touchdowns in for 300 yards, but, uh, you know, it's really the theater of the unknown, and you have right. to go with known quantities in your fantasy championship. You can't take a risk. You know, use, use a Robert Foster, even use a Demarius Thomas with a good matchup. Okay. Would you use a D.D. Westbrook? Over these Definitely. guys, you, so, you would. Even Westbrook has double-figure production in three of his last four games. Okay. Interesting. I mean, like here with Tyler Heineke, the problem is the quarterback. You know, Cody Kessler is just a is also a backup game manager kind of quarterback. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to be honest with you. You know, I don't yeah. want to sit here and lie to the audience. <laughs> I haven't seen enough film on him, you know, to know what he's capable of. And on he's Heineke, never played right? in that. Yeah, I've never. He's never played in an NFL regular season game extensively. Right. So even if he looked good in the preseason, that doesn't mean he's going to look good good in a regular season game. Right. No, absolutely. Like in preseason, you know, he's playing. You know, against the twos most likely, and in, in yeah. preseason team, he's playing very, against very, the twos this week. It's the Falcons defense. Sure. And in, and and but in preseason, very very frequently, teams, you know, they're not scheming for you. They're playing their base, quote unquote, vanilla defense. So you know, it'll be a lot different. Even though, yes, the the Falcons' defense is not something to write home about. They do have kind of some players returning. I think Dion. Oh, I always get him wrong. Dion Jones, not Dion James, the former Yankee. Dion Jones has returned, yeah. stuff like that. But you're right; it still could be a good matchup. But you know, I remember saying this yesterday, Scott, or or on uh, Tuesday when we were talking waiver wire. You know, overall, it's like, really? Are you going to trust these guys with your championship on the line instead of, like you said, the more known quantities? You know, like this could qualify under getting too cute, and it sounds like it even impacts you, um, you know, for your wide receivers. Scotty, you know, I have. It, ma- it makes the a- Atlanta defense an interesting defensive stream as sure. well. Sure, if you want to go that route, you know, but wouldn't that also be, I mean, Scotty, would that also be kind of getting too cute? Not really. You know, the Falcons had 19 points against Josh Rosen last okay. week. So I, I think I think you have to consider them at, like, say, a top 10 or at least a top 12 unit. You know, they're not they're not known for being a good defense. But when you talk about a team that lacks weaponry and an inexperienced quarterback, there's certainly the possibility for sacks and turnovers. Because if a guy really doesn't come in with a good with much of a pedigree. Uh, you know, there's you know the possibility that he holds on to the ball too long, or right. that he makes a bad read, etc. Uh, I think I think I'd rather start the Dolphins because you know how bad Cody Kessler can be, or possibly the Colts. But I think the Falcons are are definitely in play as a streamer, although it's a little bit more of an unknown than the other two. I'll tell you what, Cody Kessler did run for like 60 yards uh, last week, and that you know that kind of scares me a little bit if he has that that kind of uh, ability as well. We'll That doesn't scare me at all. I'm looking for sacks and turnovers. I don't care about rushing yards allowed. You don't lose any. No, no, no. I mean, no. That's that's not what I mean. I don't mean on the defensive side. I don't mean on the defensive side, Scotty. Like so, for example, for example, and this is crazy, but I am playing against someone who had Cam as their court for in their championship, who had Cam in their 
their in their as their quarterback, right? And honestly, because you know, it's a weird league. It's a long time dynasty league. It's a super flex league. Blah blah blah. This guy had other quarterback injuries, and at the trading deadline, traded for Ezekiel Elliott to be his flex. Like he is starting this guy, Melvin Gordon, Christian McCaffrey, and Ezekiel Elliott with one of them as a flex, right? So he went without a second quarterback in a super flex league, and his only quarterback right. was Cam, and his only quarterback was Cam Scott, and I'm facing this guy in the championship this week. Okay, so he picks up Tyler Heineke. You know what I did? I picked up, I kid you not, and I know it sounds crazy, but this is a super flex two quarterback league. I picked up Jeff Driscoll and Cody Kessler yesterday. Okay, right. just to block, to make sure, like, I am backing this guy into a corner so that he must start Tyler Heineke in his championship against me. And so I guess that's why, in my mind, I was talking about the Cody Kessler, like, <laughs> I think Cody Kessler is actually a better option than Tyler Heineke because of the rushing floor. So I actually, I actually literally, Scott, I dropped, uh, I forget who it was, uh, like, Spencer Ware <laughs> um, to pick up. Cody Kessler yesterday. Oh, Spencer Ware practice yesterday. <laughs> no, I don't care. You know, I don't care because I'm not going to start him this week regardless. Right. And like I just said, my opponent already has Melvin Gordon, Zeke Elliott, and Christian McCaffrey. So I damn well know that he wouldn't start Spencer Ware. You know, and that's all I care about. So I'm really going for Jeff Driscoll and Blake, uh, excuse me, and Cody Kessler for the block. Um, so that's why I had Kessler in my mind. Well, that's Scott. good. You know, I talk about you don't worry about the other teams, but the only way you do worry about them is you try to block. Him on the, yeah, in the this situation, I have an opportunity to two, block him. Yeah. Down to two. Uh, I wouldn't say that we know that Cody that uh, that Heineke can't be better than to- Cody Kessler because Cody Kessler has set the bar pretty darn low. But still, this is true. <laughs> uh, you know, still, it's it's good to see like he's stealing t- starting Taylor Heineke. But yeah. the fact that he can start Ellie in his flex though, but you know, know. <laughs> Ellie can give him as much as any quarterback I would. Exactly. Like yeah. I said, this guy's going Melvin Gordon, Christian McCaffrey, and Zeke Elliott. That's why he's in the championship matchup against me. But I digress. Let's keep it moving, Scott. You know, listen, yesterday or earlier this week, Scott, we talked about Hunter Henry uh, practicing. You know, something that came up on my radar that I think is very interesting, Scott, not for like this week or your championships, but again, for the future, okay? So not only in season long. We've been talking, Scott, about who is this other Saints receiver that can be there for Michael Thomas. Scott, did you see that the Saints designated Ted Ginn Jr. to return. And so now, like Hunter Henry, they've got, like I think it's something like 21 days to figure that out. But the Saints will have Week 16, Week 17, and likely a bye. Talk to me about the boost this could be for the Saints if they get the legitimate wide receiver two back and they're a guy that could stretch the defense. Uh, well, obviously, it's not going to happen in time for the fantasy season. But no, when you absolutely. talk about the playoffs, yeah. when you talk about the playoffs, you know, Traquan Smith hasn't turned out to be. Look, Ted Ginn Jr. is anything but reliable. He's inconsistent and he's got. But they got to defend him. But they, but but they have to. I was about to say that uh, they, you know, they have to respect him because he is more of a deep threat. I think he's more of an established player. So I, I think it does give them a minor boost in their outlook offensively. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But let's zoom in then on week 16. We talked about Cam as the big news. You know, Scott, we talked a lot about Todd Gurley yesterday. They came out and said he's quote-unquote expected to play. But on the flip side, they said that James Conner in Pittsburgh, another running back I could be relying on, is they saying he's quote-unquote unlikely to return. At least that's what the beat reporters are saying in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Yeah, I've seen a bunch of reports that he's not expected to play. Yeah, I actually tried to cut him on NFL.com, but he's – He's undroppable. 
So, right. uh, I, you know, you talk about depending on him, you can't for week 16, and you don't even know if you have a week 17 ESPN Super Bowl, if right. you counted him at all. So it's Jalen Samuels again. Yep. Uh, what about on the girly side? They're saying that they are, it looks like he is expected to play. So might these roster moves we were talking about yesterday be more for week 17? Maybe they rest them then if they're locked in to, say, the two seed? They, they would. Uh, I wouldn't count on it 100%. Uh, I think we still have to wait to see some more reports here. And this could be coach speak trying to keep the other team off balance because that's what coaches often want to do. Still, the signing of C.J. Anderson still weighs in my mind. Right. And I think they have to see how he feels throughout the week, how he progresses. You know, maybe they got positive reports from the doctors that will feel better later this week. But what kind of workload can you count on him from, from Gurley this week? You just don't know. Yeah, absolutely. You don't know, but it's really tough. I mean, Scotty, if he's active, you can't bench Gurley in your fantasy championship. No, of right? course not. Yeah. You, know, you don't bench your superstars right. when they're active. But yeah. I don't have 100% confidence that he, he will play hmm. uh, because of the C.J. Anderson signing. Right. Because I think that that means they need depth there, you know, just in case. That's a signal about the injury. But maybe they get, I'm just guessing here, maybe they get some positives. Right now, the way I'm looking at it is uh, I'm expecting him to play, but I'm concerned about what his workload's going to be. The workload. Yeah, absolutely. He may not get a full compliment. Hey, Scotty, we talk about Wednesdays all the time. You're like, you know, we're starting to see people who are limited in practice. Do any of these guys concern you? Zach Ertz was limited with an ankle. Kenny Galladay limited with a chest. T.Y. Hilton didn't practice. Shady limited. And in Cincinnati, both Mixon and Boyd were limited for a team that's out of the playoffs. Um, any of these or others uh, concern you that we should definitely keep our eye on? Uh, that we haven't mentioned? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not expecting Boyd to play this week. Hmm, you know, I've okay. already ruled that out in my head. With Mixon, it's a new injury, but we don't know how serious it is. Uh, you know, it's a really, really good matchup. I think he'll be like my number three running back this week, as long as that doesn't set him back. So we'll have to wait and see. It's, it's a wrist injury. We didn't get an indication it was major, but you got to play wait and see. Uh, Julio Jones has a new injury. He's got a hip mm. injury, and they're saying they don't won't know the full Friday if he's playing or not. And the thing with Julio is he can play through this, but why should they risk it? The Falcons aren't playing for anything, and is their franchise player. So I think you got to be a little concerned about Julio Jones this week. Yeah, I mean, think about it. It's like with Julio Jones, you know, you're absolutely right. It's similar to, oh, I don't know, say the Philadelphia Eagles, right? Like Carson Wentz is their franchise player. Why, you know, why be uh, aggressive with him if they are not still contending? Now, the Eagles are still kind of in it. It's still similar to, say, like Cam, you know, the, the idea of Julio. We are getting to the time of the season where, you know, if you're not still contending, the teams are going to kind of lose the battle to win the war. Remember, these are $100 million, you know, assets and commodities, and there is no reason with nothing left on the line for 2018 to put anything at risk for 2019 so you got to consider that with some of these players whereas the guys like the ty hiltons and the zach Ertz or whatever they're going to push it through because they still have something on the line we are off and running it is roto experts in the morning when we come back we're going to dig into the superstar brandon murchison's ranks and see where scott is higher or lower than the consensus when we come back on the fantasy sports radio network 
the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game Time Decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy Freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Photo experts in the morning, we got the magic stick and putting the fun and functional sports content. Oh. Scott, you know about this? This is a little 50 cent magic stick. 50 cent queen. Yeah, if I could get it once, I could get it twice. I got the magic stick. But I digress. That's another topic for another day, Scotty. Um, but in any event, you know what I'm saying? We're getting into week 16 championships on the line. And I got to let people know, Scotty, if you want to be the next DFS legend, try dailyroto.com for free this holiday season. That's right. Free advice from the fantasy pros, free DFS projections in the association, free optimizer access, and free everything else you need to dominate DFS in basketball this holiday season. Stuff your stockings with cold, hard cash and get free access to Daily Roto with the promo code DRHOLIDAYS to access your free trial. That's DailyRoto.com, and the promo code is DRHOLIDAYS. You know, Scott, we were talking about practice reports and what to believe in, what not. On the positive side, um, maybe, um, you know, Lamar Miller, for example, he left last week's game, but he was back at practice. And after the mini-buy in Kansas City, it looks like Spencer Ware is back. My question for you, though, on this one, Scotty, I mean, honestly, Damian... Well, where's, where's, both these guys are limited. You know, it's, it's, we still got to wait and see. Yeah, for sure. But as it relates to Spencer Ware, like, Damian Williams looked good last Thursday. So even if Spencer Ware does return, might he be returning to more of a timeshare than what it was a couple weeks ago, right after Kareem Hunt uh, was dismissed from this team? Yeah, if he returns, you know, if, we have yeah. to see if he's if he's on track, you know, he could be limited and then not play. We've seen that with other running backs, but Damian Williams looks more more explosive than Spencer Ware. Right. I, uh, me personally, you know, it's, I, I just eyeball test and being an experienced football fan, I like Damian Williams a little bit better than Spencer Ware right now. You know, both veteran backup NFL running backs. Yep. I think Damian Williams is more explosive, and I think he's better for this matchup for the Chiefs than Spencer Ware because a speed running back like that, uh, you know, especially can catch screen passes out of the backfield the way that he does, I, th- I think he challenges the Seattle defense more than, than Spencer Ware would. Yeah, you know, and so I just say this. I agree with you, and I just say, you know, um, not entirely dissimilar. It's not completely the right fit in analogy, but, you know, the same way you say Gurley may play, but you'd be concerned about his workload. You know, if Spencer Ware does come back, I'd be concerned about his workload too, not only because of any injuries he's recovering from, but because of Damian Williams as well. Let me ask you kind of the same question about Lamar Miller. If he's, you know, he's limited but back practicing, so that's a good sign. Do you think he would have have his normal full workload, or would there be more of a timeshare with Alfred Blue um, in Houston? That's purely a health thing. If okay. uh, if Alfred Blue's got to share time, it's, it's a concern about Miller's health. Otherwise, you know, it's it's strictly Lamar Miller. And you know, with the Kansas City situation, the last thing I'll say is we may want to see more of Damian Williams, but. You know, if Andy just Reid decides he's more comfortable with Spencer Ware, you know, he could easily be going back to the number one. So it makes things dicey, I think. Okay. Um, 
That makes sense. Let's dig on in here, Scotty. Let's dig on in here to some of uh, the Roto Superstar Brandon Murchison's ranks for number for week number 16. Remember, Roto Superstar uh, has won, to be quite honest, he won the 2016 FSWA Award for Best Football Series. Okay, this guy has finished in the top six on Fantasy Pros in terms of ranking not once but twice this season. All right, so we know that Murchison's uh, ranks are, you know, quality. But here's my first question as I look at the quarterback. Scott, I'm confused. Ah, I'm confused as how he has Drew Brees all the way down at QB8 this week. Because if you want to know the truth, honestly, Scott, you know, he's back in the Dome. And he's against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think this is going to be kind of a back-and-forth, higher-scoring game. So I wonder why he can find seven quarterbacks to have ahead of Drew Brees. For example, Dak Prescott among them. I think he's looking at the recent performance. Drew Brees has only two touchdown passes in his past three games and has not cracked yeah. 200 and, uh, 205 yards in his past four. But three of those four were road games. You know? right. So he's back home. He's facing Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, and I, I think he can get back in form. I'm, I'm going to have him. Uh, I'm going to have him ranked at number four this week. Okay. Yeah, so I, I would see that. That makes a little bit more sense to me. I can understand he hasn't been, you know, as great lately, but I mean, you know, he's still Drew Brees, and I think the critical point here, Scott, is he's in the dome, right? He's back you, home. You look in at the, the quarterback position this week, Dane. Yeah. And we all talk about how how deep it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can be fully a hundred percent comfortable with any quarterback outside of the top two, or maybe interesting. Yeah, at, like Mahomes and Luck to me are like locks, right? And I think not even not even Roethlisberger is is a lock, and I have him ranked number three. There's question marks about every quarterback. I mean, I have Russell Wilson at five coming up, yeah, because you like the matchup. But what kind of yardage are you really going to get? And how much are the Seahawks really going to run the ball? And you know, Deshaun Watson yeah. has a great matchup on paper, but the upside hasn't been apparent enough this year. And I have him ranked at number seven. It's, it's a, you know, I got Baker Mayfield ranked at number eight this week. Right, right. So, listen, those are you touched on some things. First of all, uh, I'm overjoyed to hear you say some of that because, Scotty, in, my, in one of my championships, you know, like I said, the Superflex League where my opponent is starting Taylor Heineke in a two-quarterback league, I'm going with Patty Mahomes and Big Ben Roethlisberger. So I feel like I have an edge there. I wanted to ask you about Russell Wilson, though, Scotty. You know, you talk about Russell Wilson as a, you know, you mentioned I think you have him as five. Murchison has him at two. I guess – I understand that the matchup is against the Chiefs, so they're going to have to maybe do a little bit outside of their normal form to maybe keep up if the Chiefs can score. But I guess my question is, like, isn't Seattle still predicated on running the ball? You know, how are you going to have a quarterback ranked number two when their team runs the ball 60% of the time? Yeah, and he's had one 300-yard game this season. Okay. So, so. yeah, look, Kansas City has allowed multiple touchdown passes in six of its last Sure. And Wilson has thrown multiple touchdown passes in all but two games. And, you know, there's a little bit of a running style. But uh, to me, if you're going to rank Russell Wilson that high, you're assuming that they have to slug it out with them in the air. And I don't know if necessarily if that's going to be the case. The way the Seahawks have run the ball, they can impose their will. If they can do it in Minnesota, they can do it against Kansas City. And, you know, run Chris Carson. They like Mike Davis, who's a sneaky desperation play. You know, they – you can't assume that Kansas City is going to jump out to any sort of lead here. The Seahawks, right. you know, consistently under Pete Carroll and with Russell Wilson, have always stuck close and never got blown out. 
Uh, you know, they haven't lost a game by more than eight points. So it may not be a thing of where, you know, where they're slugging it out here. They may be able to keep the score down. They they want to control this like a basketball game, like mm-hmm. we talk about, and play half court here. Yeah. That's what they're going to come out and try to do. Right. It's like, you know, I like your NBA analogy, right? It's like they're the, 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 the Chiefs are like, you know, the Golden State Warriors, let's say, of the NFL. And the Seahawks are going to try and play this as though they were the Knicks or the Heat of the mid-90s, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's <laughs> you like know, Russell Wilson's going to be a point right. guard. You know, gonna Chris, Moore, Chris Carson. Chris Carson's going to try to post up and back in, yeah. you know? So it sounds like, and, and, and I hear you, but this play of Russell Wilson is really a play that the Kansas City Chiefs will be able to force the Seahawks out of their normal game flow, and Russell will have to put it up more than normal. That's the one thing I talk about, okay? Yep. Right now, rotoexperts.com, I still have my fantasy guide to Super Bowl week, and we've seen it. We've been taught the lesson very often. A few weeks ago, we're talking about Okay, you know, this backup running back, he'll be on the field a lot because this is going to be a blowout. You cannot accurately predict game flow because that's one of the things in pro football that is spontaneous as the game goes on. It's hard to predict game flow. You can look at two teams on paper and say, well, this team's going to blow that team out because it's so much better. But then the other team comes to play like the Raiders do with Pittsburgh. And, you know, you don't have the backup running back running out the clock. Yep, absolutely. I hear you. I'm all over Deshaun Watson. I mentioned that to you yesterday. I like the Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins stack in DFS as well. That Philly secondary can be had. I think D-Hop, I, honestly, I think D-Hop may see over 15 targets on Sunday, but we'll digress. I, look, here- I, I love DeAndre Hopkins, but if you look at Deshaun Watson's game log, it's just like there's not a lot of upside. And even though the matchup is friendly, I don't know that like he's going to be an air it out type of guy to where it's going to help you enough in DSFS. That you know that's a concern of mine. I'm not saying it can't happen, and you know if it does and you go that way, it could make the difference in the tournament. So I'm sure. backing you on it from that perspective. But from a seasonal perspective, right. outside of outside of he can target Hopkins 50 times, but <laughs> who else does he really have? He has Demarius Thomas. DT. Maybe Kiki yeah. Kiki comes back. Uh, and everybody said this about the Eagles last week, you know, with, with, and, you know, they went out and pulled out a big upset and their defense played better than anybody expected. Sure. And then just for quarterback, okay, again, a lot of people, Scott, are asking me these questions about these rookie running quarterbacks. And I just want to make the point once again. And Brandon Murchison's ranks, Josh Allen at 10, Lamar Jackson at 12, both of them ahead of Tom Brady, both of them ahead of Aaron Rodgers, both of them ahead of Philip Rivers, who has a tough matchup against Baltimore. Yes, we are starting Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson this week in the championship, both of them inside the top 12 for Murchison. I have uh, I have Lamar Jackson at 10. Okay. Because the I, the rushing numbers, he's had such a floor. Yeah. Even more than Josh Allen when it comes Fifth to the Fifth in the NFL numbers. in rushing over the last month. Fifth in the NFL in rushing over the last month. Yeah. That's among all players. Yes. And I, I believe they're going to try to play half court against the Chargers. Damn right. With Josh Allen, I want to like him. You know, the, the rushing floor can be there. But to me, I worry about it more because it's Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback. Hmm. So you think, like, that's the thing that they'll try to take away? 
I, I think I think you know with a young passer, even though that New England defense is not what it was, Belichick can scheme it up to really confuse the kid, and uh, I think that worries me. I'd rather like, use Lamar Jackson than Josh Allen. I do have I do have Josh Allen one spot ahead of Philip Rivers, okay, uh, because that's a really tough matchup. The Ravens have allowed less than ten quarterback points in three of their last four. That does not bode well. Yeah, uh, let's look real quick at tight end. You know, Murchison has Zach Ertz, who, you know, is threatening the all-time record for tight end catches. I believe he has exactly 100. I believe the record is 110 for Jason Witten. So can Zach Ertz get 10 catches in the next two weeks? You would think so, but he hasn't performed well in the last two weeks. And some people are saying that, you know, this is correlated to Nick Foles, that he has eyes for someone like Alshon Jeffrey. Murchison, though, I think may have gone a little too far, Scott. He has Zach Ertz as tight end seven this week. Yeah, I think he's got to be consistently in the top three uh, because he can bounce back and have a good game at any time. The Texans are also just 24th against opposing tight ends as well, so it's a good matchup for him on paper. Yeah, so I think he's a little bit higher than seven. I would be confident putting him out there. Listen, if you have Zach Ertz, when, when you right? read the Roto Superstar, he's very daring with his rank. No, no, I, I, you know, he, I respect. He that. doesn't go. He doesn't go by the book that you have to have the superstar, you know, in the top three or something like that. No, I he'll, absolutely respect. He'll veer, he'll veer more away because of recent trends or a matchup. Whereas, you know, there's no way I'm not ranking Zach Ertz in my top three. Maybe he, he's been pushed out of that second spot. Yeah, mm-hmm. by George Kittle, but right, and he's moved to third. But I'm not willing to go any lower than that because you know I could get a zero from Eric Ebron. I sure. could get a, I could get a bad game from Jared Cook. Uh, you know we've seen bad games for all these guys. Like Rob Gronkowski, it seems like the good game is the exception. Now it's like you, you can't you can't trust anybody but Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. Right. I mean, you know, I feel like you can trust Zach Ertz as well, to be quite honest. I feel like you can still trust Zach Ertz. I understand he's had like two. I don't know if I have 100% trust in him that he can have a good game after he's outplayed recently, but I certainly have more than anybody else on the board yeah, I mean, other like, than Kittle and Kelsey. Relatively speaking, I mean, come on. One tight end. If you, you told me if about. I had Zach Ertz and I wasn't concerned about his performance, you know, I'd be lying. Okay. Uh, One other tight end I do want to ask you about, Scotty. This is a guy who led his team in receiving last week. This is a guy who has had, I believe, seven – either seven targets maybe each of the last two weeks, or maybe it was even seven catches each of the last two weeks. Is sort of now the new starting tight end for a team. Uh, the, the superstar has him as tight end 17, so outside of the top 12, but, in, but seven points higher than the consensus. And I believe could be a sneaky, like if you're desperate, you know, if you've been desperate, you know, and stuff like, let's say you've been riding out, and I don't know how many people who are, but let's say you've been riding out something like Ian Thomas because you're desperate, and now you need to fade all the Panthers because of the Cam News or something like that. Talk to me about Blake Jarwin, Scott, who is, in my opinion, the new Dallas Cowboys starting tight end. Is he sneaky at all for you? No. Just because a guy okay. starts doesn't mean he's useful. There's been really no production all year long. Uh, if I, I in, in a lot of my leagues, you look at the tight ends, Chris Herndon is still available, and I'd start him over a lot of the other guys. There's no way I'm using Blake Jarwin. He... He really hasn't done anything all year long. I mean, I don't know, Scott. You know, last, two weeks ago, seven catches. Last week, you know, seven targets. I mean, I don't know. You could do worse. You could do worse if you're absolutely desperate. I would say that. You could also do a lot better. All right. And I know. I mean, what's, what's Blake Jarwin's best game been? 
Uh, what is Blake Jarwin's best game been? Uh, 13 points. Yeah. And outside of that, you know, is that an anomaly? I mean, he's uh, only got 18 catches all year long. Right, and in this game he had seven, but I think, like, he, he's evolved. He has a different role than he did for the most of the season. Like, you know, uh, that that's what I he had that, He had that seven-catch, 56-yard game yeah. uh, against against the Eagles, but that was pretty much it. You yeah. know, that's... You know, I I could go find guys like uh, like Gerald Everett and Michael Roberts, okay. you know, who who have had good games here and there. It's a one game sample. There's there's yeah. no way I can recommend the guy. All right, fair enough. And Scotty, you know, with only a couple minutes left here in this segment, you know, we, when we go on the other side of the break, we'll talk rankings for wideouts and wide receivers, and uh, excuse me, and running backs, and 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 we'll get you guys prepared for championship week as well. But um, yesterday, Scott, you know, the fantasy community suffered a big time loss uh, with the passing of Lauren Michaels, and I know Scott that you were very close with him and worked with him for a very long time. So I just want to see um, if you have any words to share about your fallen friend. Yeah, Laura Michaels uh, was a uh, you know one of the one of my oldest and dearest friends in the fantasy industry. I go back with him to like 1997 or 1998, I believe it was more accurate that when uh, he was my first fantasy baseball writer at Sportsline USA, uh, one of my first stringers, and uh, we went on we went on to become really really good friends. We didn't even meet each other for a few years in person. But by the time we finally got around to meeting each other, that's the wonderful thing about fantasy and the internet. You know, you had a friend there uh, and a colleague, and you never even met the guy in person. And in this fan, in this fantasy industry, there's always people like you, you may cross paths with because it's natural. You know, not you're not going to like everybody, and not everybody's going to like you. But I never heard anybody not like Laura Michaels or say a bad word about him in a very big fantasy industry. And the guy is a legend, one of the founders of Tout Wars and the founders of Creative Sports, which is one of the first notable fantasy baseball websites to ever exist. Uh, you know, losing him and Steve Moyer this year was very, very tough on the Tout Wars people. But those two guys are going to start a hell of a rock band up in the sky very soon. Absolutely. And honestly, Scott, you know, heaven just got another great expert to help everybody in heaven yeah. win their leagues. A heck, a heck of a rock band, I bet. Absolutely, absolutely. We'll be back. Roto Experts on the morning on the other side of the break. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. You have now entered the battlefield of Tout Wars. I'm an asteroid, can't you see? Our guy Chris Pomona down there in the fantasy pit of misery being very timely. This is Lauren Michaels you're hearing right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lawyer, uh, lawyer, lawyer uh, you know, is a very, very accomplished musician. Uh, you know, this is him on lead vocal. Uh, just uh, very chilling. 
uh, or just like I'm getting goosebumps, like in a positive way, just hearing his voice. And if you want to hear the story of Laura Michaels, go to FNTSY on, on demand and download the Fantasy Hall of Fame Hour, um, which I did earlier this year with Laura, where he talks about his entire career, both uh, professionally and musically. And you'll get to hear more about his musical accomplishments and uh, from his own, own words, uh, basically how he, uh, how he affected the fantasy industry. Absolutely. A titan in the game. And we pay our respects today here on Roto Experts in the morning. Scotty, Lauren would want us to uh, continue to give out that information to help people win their leagues and win their cash, especially on championship week. And so that is what we do. <laughs> that was the one thing about Laura. It's like it takes you about it took you about four years to spell it, say his name right. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I always would say lawyer. And I don't know what mm. you're saying. It sounds like Lord Michaels from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> but it took all of us like four or five years to say it right. Every season, I love you, Scott, but it's Lore. Lore. <laughs> well, there it is. And so you would want us <laughs> to keep helping people out there to do it. We all love, and that's fantasy sports. So let's the, go to the, the Zen running back master ranks. of fantasy sports. And yep. if you if you search his name this morning on Google, uh, some wonderful pieces about him, even in USA Today, about remembering mm. him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to transition, Scotty, to our running back ranks or Brandon Murchison's running back ranks. One guy that I wanted to ask you about, you know, there's going to be a ton of questions about this guy all week long because, you know, we all know about Jamal Williams, but this is the other guy who is kind of, you know, maybe potentially next man up for your championship. Um, Murchison has Kalen Balage, Scotty, as running back 23. So he's got him as an RB2 that could be in starting lineups for your championships do you agree, Scotty, against Jacksonville this week? I have him at 26. The okay. upside is there. The part-time role will be there. The talent is obviously there. He's got fresh legs. And when you talk about fresh legs in week 16, it does give the give him an advantage over the defense. That said, we know which version of Jacksonville's defense is going to show up. Uh, you know, numbers-wise, they're they're pretty good against running backs. You know, they're... You know they 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 have been all season, but you know we've we've seen Derek Harry trample them, but at the same time, you know recently they've performed pretty well overall. They're uh they're eighth against fantasy running backs. You look at that game from from Henry, two hundred fifty one yards and four touchdowns, but right. then you look you look at the the rest of that span, and they have not allowed a hundred yard rusher or a rushing touchdown in six other games dating back to week eight. So Caleb Balazs has upside, but I think the mat- matchup is a little bit tough. And there's not there's a small sample size. So I see him as more of a flex play. Okay. Let me ask you about – I want to ask you about two more running backs. One who at the beginning of the season, there's no – I would have never been able to see that going into your championship week, this guy would be ranked by anybody as running back 25. But that's where Murchison has him. This is was a first-round pick in almost all drafts, okay? His ADP was higher than 12. I'm talking about Leonard Fournette, Scott. Leonard Fournette, Murchison has now as running back 25 behind guys like Damian Williams, behind Gus Edwards, behind Elijah McGuire. What's going on with Big Leonard? And more importantly, almost maybe how the Jaguars are trying to use him. Uh, It was a little confusing what they were trying to do last week. I have him at number 18. Okay. Uh, if my rank is going to be published later this afternoon. Sure. 
Uh, Miami's 26 against running backs, though, so it, it, it is a good matchup. And I, I don't think you can assume that two weeks in a row, you know, they're not going to hand Fournette the ball, you know, like they, like they did last week. So uh, I think he's more of an RB2 play this week than anything, uh, you know, mid, mid, mid to low end RB2. Okay, fair enough. And I want to ask you about one more running back, Scott. And this is a guy that I was touting um, last week. I was saying, hey, could be a little sneaky, could get a little bit more involved as the last couple of weeks go along and Nick Foles is under center. Murchison, maybe he's on my side of this. Maybe he agrees. He has Darren Sproles, Scott. He has him as running back 31, so outside of that top 24, but in a territory where you could consider him for a flex play. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Uh, by the way, you can see Brandon Murchison's ranks on RotoExperts.com this morning. Uh, I have him at number 48. I, I, I don't okay. think there's any way that I could roll him out with any confidence in, in a fantasy championship game. Uh, you know, the Even numbers, the numbers, they just they 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 haven't really been there all season. What did he have? Like seven points last week. I I can't. I I can't see any upside right now. This guy's 35 years old. He's been injured all year. And it's almost like I'm starting him on reputation. Mm. He has him ahead of Josh Adams, the other Philly back. Well, he has Sproles at 31, Adams at 33. The consensus, you know, has Adams ahead, but has him close at 35 and 38. So we could be, you know, even the consensus ranks see it as something of a timeshare. Uh, but I hear you. You 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 are not. I think on Josh Adams Sproles. is definitely the lead guy, ball carrier. You know, Sproles might might get a goal line carry here and there, but you can't count on it. Uh, I don't I don't think he's a big part of the offense like he used to be. Uh, with Adams, he's TD dependent. Yeah, I have Adams at twenty nine. You know, maybe he's got him a little lower because he's concerned about his back, and I would yeah. drop him a little bit more. But I think if I think if Josh Adams, you know, they're concerned about his back, it becomes more of a committee three man with Adams, Smallwood, Smallwood and Sproles. I I think. I think Sproles is nifty for the Eagles to have, but right. I, I just can't see any sort of sort of workload that I can count on. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that in DFS, you know, you go ahead and try it. Right. Uh, you, you never know, but I just don't. The way Darren Sproles is being utilized and what I've seen of him on film this year, I don't see the upside. Okay, so maybe a tournament DFS play um, uh, to, to Scotty, but he's not seeing it as much as maybe Murchison or even myself. Um, but it does, you know, we may have this kind of uh, this kind of committee out here. I want to turn our attention, Scotty, with about five, uh, 10 minutes left to the wide receiver position. And I want to ask you, you know, we talked about this Cam Newton news and what it meant for the Carolina Panthers wide receivers, right? And, and, and even potentially Christian McCaffrey. There's another highly prolific quarterback that is going to play, it sounds like, but we can acknowledge is also not 100%. And that's Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, right? There was talk about him. He came out and himself said he was going to play. It's almost like it's not the team's decision. He came out and was like, nah, 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 I'm going to play. And my question for you is, you know, do you downgrade Devontae Adams at all? I mean, uh, Murchison does. Has him down as wide receiver nine, which is still, of course, a stud that you're going to start. But he does have him as six spots lower than the consensus that have Devontae Adams as wide receiver three. Talk to me about the impact of Aaron Rodgers and his knee and his groin on what that could mean for Devontae Adams this week against the Jets. If Adam, Aaron Rodgers walked out there with a cane, I'd still throw the ball at Devontae Adams. I don't care if Deshaun Kaiser starts. 
he's going to get the ball to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is maybe the the most singular, unstoppable uh, wide receiver in fantasy football in the NFL right now. That that that, that guy scores all the time. It's uh, the Jets are the, the AFC's worst team against opposing wide receivers fantasy-wise. Devontae Adams is number two for me this week. All right, let me ask you about, you know, we talk about chemistry with different quarterbacks and things of that nature. Honestly, Scott, it seems like ever since Nick Foles has been back under center for the Philadelphia Eagles, we talked about Zach Ertz having disappointing performances. We talked yesterday about how Golden Tate may need to still, you know, rebuild chemistry with now what will be his third quarterback of the season. However, this looks to have benefited Alshon Jeffrey, and Murchison agrees, has him at wide receiver one territory at wide receiver 12 overall. Where are you going to have Jeffrey this week? I think that's a little bit too ambitious. I have him at at 16, so I'm not too far off, but you know, I'm not going to start him over guys like Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, and even Mike Evans. Mm, Uh, But Houston has allowed five touchdown passes to wide receivers in, in their last four games, so I do like him. I think 16 is a nice boost from where he used to be. But wide receiver one, I think... That's a little bit too much. Uh, I'd still start Adam Thielen over Alshon Jeffrey. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, uh, I have Alshon Jeffrey in my DFS lineup that I am building because I do think the price hasn't caught up to the fact. No problem with that, yeah. That that price hasn't caught up to the fact that, you know, um, maybe Foles and him does have some chemistry on on, uh, FanDuel. Scotty, Alshon Jeffrey going at 6,300, which is pretty low to me. That's nice. You know, yeah. I'm building a lineup just so you can see just for now, uh, Scotty. I got Alshon Jeffrey in it. I have I'm doing the Watson and DeAndre Hopkins stack. Okay. I got Amari Cooper against Tampa Bay back at home. Those are my three wideouts. D Hop, Cooper, and Alshon Jeffrey, right? And then at running back, there's values here. Jamal Williams is only priced at fifty eight hundred, Scott. You know what I mean? Because the, the prices were set before Aaron Jones went to IR. So, you know, I love that, right? And um, similarly, I know you if, don't if love If Rodgers doesn't play, if Rodgers doesn't play, I'd be pulling Williams out of there. But Why is that? I, I've, how, much, how much is case because, because they don't have to respect Deshaun Kaiser whatsoever. Sure. And but I, I, think th- I think he'll play and he'll really bog down the op- – I think he'll really bog down the offense if, he, if he's out there. You don't think Rodgers is going to play? No, I'm saying if Rodgers doesn't play. Right. I can't predict if he's going to play or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I still think Williams is a great value at 5,800. He's going to be the lead running back. Uh, for What's Kalen Balaj at? If, uh, he's if Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, I, I, I'd use Kalen Balaj over Jamal Williams. Okay. Um, fair enough. Uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, another guy that we can potentially use. Let me go right back, though, Scotty, to these um, wide receivers because I want to ask you. I want to ask you about the Denver wide receivers, Scott. You know, um, Murchison has Cortland Sutton at number 27. Uh, so, you know, definitively someone that you can start. And then I'm scrolling down. I don't see another Denver wide receiver for a while. Deshaun Hamilton all the way down at wide receiver 56. Okay, and then I'm still looking for Tim Patrick, and I haven't found it. I think you see the Denver wide receiver game a little bit differently, though. Uh, he has Tim Patrick, Scott, at wide receiver 89. Um, yeah. So talk to De- me about De- how Deshaun Hamilton, for me, is definitely the best to use of the three, I, I believe. Yep. Uh, Especially in PPR, yeah, right? I, o- Oakland is ninth against opposing fantasy wide receivers, but still, 
Keenan Allen's looking for Deshaun Hamilton on all kinds of routes. Short, downfield, sideline, everything. I have Deshaun Hamilton at number 22. I'm, I'm very confident about, about starting him uh, this week. Cortland Sutton, I have number 31. You know, I don't believe he's, he's 100% healthy or either ready for the role or both. And Tim Patrick really doesn't have a ceiling, but you can count on about 10 to 12 fantasy points. So I have him at 30. Okay. So there's a big, uh, st- there's a stark difference between how we're viewing the wide receivers, and right. you know maybe Denver. maybe Brandon sees something differently than I do, but I've last watched the you know the Broncos last two games extensively, and I really believe it's Deshaun Hamilton. Yep, uh, that makes sense to me, especially in PPR formats, right? Because Deshaun is working out of the slot, and Case Keenum, you know, likes the slot, right? They've they've also you know moved him in motion to the outside as well. So right. they're, they're they're moving him all over the field. Fair enough. Uh, to answer your earlier question, Scotty Jamal Williams is at fifty eight hundred on Fanduel. Kalen Balage is at fifty five hundred. So both of those could yeah. be interesting. Balage is the kind of guy with a tournament would could really make a difference because it's not such a short thing. Because of one of the stats that I mentioned about Jacksonville outside of the Derrick Henry game. Uh, I think there's more upside there with Kalen Balage. All right, so we talked about the uh, Denver wide receivers. I want to also ask you about one more team as we wrap up here. I want to talk about the Chargers wide receivers. Scott Murchison has Mike Williams lower than I would. He has him as wide receiver 34, so like back end, just barely a wide receiver three. I think if there's no Keenan Allen, I, I'm comfortable starting Mike Williams. And then he has Terrell Williams at wide receiver 45. How do you see the Chargers wideouts? Let's assume that Keenan Allen does not play this week. I can't do that because he was practicing yesterday. So I have Keenan Allen ranked at number 19 right now. Uh, you know, tough matchup. Uh, it's tough. Like inside injuries, our Roto expert says he can play through the pain, but it's going to be tough. With Mike Williams, I have him at number 29 because with Al- Allen possibly coming back and this being a very tough matchup, I think in either situation, it curtails his upside. The Ravens are the best team against opposing fantasy wide receivers. I don't have Tyrell Williams ranked. To you. The guy's not impactful at all. Okay. Uh, fair enough. So that's how we see these Broncos wide receivers and these Chargers wide receivers. Scotty, we only got a couple of minutes left until we turn it over to FST and uh, Mike Blewett joins the show. We'll be breaking down some stuff with Blewett next hour. Um, I just want a couple seconds here on this Pro Bowl. You know, the rosters came out and I've had more time to look at it. You know, we, we talked real quickly about some of these snubs, but I didn't see Scotty in the NFC at running back. There is no Christian McCaffrey. And there is no Alvin Kamara. I think that's out of control, Scott. I mean, the I NFC running backs. Yeah, I understand. Like the running backs you do have in are kind of deserving, I would guess. But the running backs in the NFC are Zeke Elliott, Todd Gurley, and Saquon Barkley. And then they also have Kyle Juszczyk in as a fullback. Honestly, Scott, like I don't understand how Kamara or McCaffrey are not in. I mean, McCaffrey has could threaten to be RB1 overall if Gurley misses some time. You know, and Kamara has been, you know, transcendent. Like, we've been talking about him as almost like a... There was a point in time where we're like, maybe he's an MVP candidate in the middle of the season. Uh, McCaffrey and Kamara not on this team? Now, ultimately, they probably will be. But that, that shocked me. Um, maybe I would take out, you know, the rookie and make him earn it or something like that. I don't know. What would you do here? No, that was a little crazy to uh... me. I don't. I don't know if I can do that. You know, it doesn't matter whether you're a rookie or not. You know, okay. that's that's totally irrelevant. 
Yeah, this is tough. This is How very tough. How are McCaffrey shows... or Kamara not a pro bowler, Scott? Come on. Well, uh, I'm going to answer this. You know, Todd Gurley's had a spectacular year. Saquon Barkley's had maybe the most impressive year of any running back. And, you know, Ezekiel Elliott has been more versatile than ever. Kamara is probably the one I could see leaving out uh, more than the others because, you know, there's been a few times, like two or three times where, you know, the game flow is like favored Mark Ingram or for whatever. Uh, it's happened two or three times. And McCaffrey early in the year wasn't scoring touchdowns. McCaffrey may be the best running back in football period over the second half of the season, but I, I, I think it's very hard. It's, it's a very tough situation here. Uh, it's hard to keep Barkley out, Elliott out, or Curley out either. And if right you were to put McCaffrey in, then you'd have people complaining about who you left out. Now I hear you. Right now, McCaffrey's RB2, Kamara's RB4, Zeke is RB5. All of them, the top five are all these NFC bats. We'll talk about it a little more tomorrow, Scotty. Have a great fantasy day. Yeah.